0: Happy Greek Independence Day to everyone. Kicking off today's show with a little bit of Zorba. And that was uh, that was pretty good. That was a pretty good Opa from the producer there. I'm loving it. <laughs> you, you got any other Greek for us? Didn't hear ya. All right, all right, all right. We're going to get some Greek uh, going today. Today is the Greek special. Right? That's what we're talking about today, Marav? Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good Real after- estate <laughs> in Greece. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. You're listening to The Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Terry Kalakos. And yes, if you haven't guessed already, I am Greek. And I am very proud that it's Greek Independence Day. Well, it was yesterday, but you know we weren't on the air yesterday. So we're on the air today. Um, wishing all my uh, fellow Greeks a uh, happy Greek Independence Day. And uh, for anyone else that wishes that they were Greek, happy Greek Independence Day. Opa. Opa. <laughs> Today is not the Greek special. Today it's going to be the mortgage special. We're going to be talking about uh, all the stuff that's been going We're going to take a dive into the mortgage market. Are rates going to go up? Are they going to stay sideways? Are they going to go down? You know, what do you, you know, is this the right time to, to get a mortgage? So uh, we're going to be talking about all the stuff that uh, you should be looking at uh, and uh, whether you're buying, selling or renewing your mortgage, right? Absolutely. Joining me, we have my beautiful co-host, Brav Marciano, Chartered Real Estate and Mortgage Broker and Vice President of Northeast and CBC Alliance. And I think you're you're one of those people that wishes they were Greek, right?
1: Um. Yeah, you you're putting me on the spot.
0: Yeah, that's why you <laughs> married a Greek.
1: Of course, of course. I love everybody. I love everybody equally.
0: Please feel free to call in with your questions or comments to 514-790-0800, or you could text into five one four eight hundred. 514-800. And again, don't forget to write your name in... Uh, the text, So we can give you proper kudos as well. You could visit us online at facebook.com slash northeast nordest and facebook.com slash CBC Alliance Quebec. And uh, if you haven't done so already, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is newsonthego.ca. And if you happen to go on there or you happen to go on to Facebook and you rewind the video just a little bit, you'll actually see me falling off of my chair. Right before we got on the air, so
1: I think it's the moment you saw me,
0: I think so too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, that's what it was. Fall off your chair. (laughs) 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 All right, so let's kick off today's show with a little bit of a market update. Okay, so a couple of weeks, uh, we we did do a, a rerun last week, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but Uh, There has been some things that have been going on in the market. One of the big ones, obviously, is that the Bank of Canada halted rate hikes at 4.5%. So, interesting, if we rewind time to the last increase that they did, I told everyone that we had done, uh, we were in the roundtable discussion with the Bank of Canada, and they did make mention that they were going to be halting rates for the foreseeable future, and we saw that happen now, which is good.
1: Yes, I think it was a little bit of a sigh of relief to see that happening. And uh, I think people are starting to get a little bit hopeful now that maybe things will be stabilizing on the rate front.
0: Yeah. Well, the other good news is that uh, we saw inflation drop down to 5.2%. Right. So I think that that's uh, but, you know, that's what I was going to say. Is
1: it related to the rate? Like, I know that it is in a way, but there's so many other factors that are affecting this
0: number. Okay, so see, this is, yeah, yeah, this this is, is this this you is, censoring yourself. This is me censoring yes, myself. Okay, I see that. And we've talked about this, right? So when you're comparing apples to apples, you're gonna have proper metrics, right? So when you're comparing inflation last year to the year before, so when you're looking at the numbers of 2022 versus 2021, obviously inflation is gonna be up. Let's be realistic here. Yeah. Prices hadn't changed since 2019, right? Think about it. Oh, sorry, 2020, I should say, right? So right after COVID happened, prices kind of, you know, things were closed. uh, Things were not moving. Inflation was down, you know, so. Well, cost of goods has gone up. Absolutely. But I mean. Absolutely. I don't know. At the end of the day,
1: I think like you say, because you're comparing to February of last year, it's a little bit of a. A difficult thing to compare to. It's as if you're comparing my speed of running this year versus last year with a broken leg type of thing.
0: Exactly. I get it. So now you're comparing proper year to proper year. So 2022 was not a COVID year. 2023, not a COVID year. So now we're actually comparing things properly. And we're going to continue to see inflation coming down, especially as we get later in the year and we start really comparing numbers properly. So I'm hopeful okay. that the next time that uh, Stats Canada comes out with the numbers for inflation, we're going to actually see that number come down further. Personally, I'm anticipating that by the time October runs around, turn comes around, not runs around, comes around, uh, <laughs> we're going to probably end up seeing inflation come back down to its normal levels of anywhere between two to three percent. Okay, that's my prediction. Let's hope. And that's when the government's going to call an election. And anyways, all right. Okay, so that's that's, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Now, going what on.
1: about the Fed? Why would the Fed increase? So the Fed is sort of the equivalent of uh, Bank of Canada and the United States, the Federal Reserve. Why yeah. would they increase? Uh, their their overnight rate?
0: So they ended up increasing their rates. Um, they are still trying to get a grip on inflation. Inflation is higher in the United States than it is here. But I think that as the year progresses, again, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to be comparing proper numbers to proper numbers. And I don't believe that they're going to be increasing it anymore after this point. And already, it was kind of surprising that they only increased by 0.25. So this is kind of mirroring what Canada did, right? So the last increase that they did was 0.25, and now they they halted it, and now the Fed did the same thing, it was 0.25. So I think that moving forward, they probably won't increase it either. The problem with what happened, though, and we've talked about how the overnight rates, they impact the Canadian dollar. So because the Fed raised their rate and the Bank of Canada didn't, didn't. raise anything here we saw a drop occur in the Canadian dollar,
1: Mm.
0: right? And it's a very dangerous place to be. Well, dangerous for people like us and stuff like that that go to the States and buy U.S. goods because now everything becomes more expensive for us. So it's great uh, for the economy though, right? So you want a weaker Canadian dollar in the sense that People now are going to look at, you know, let's say the States is selling T-shirts and we're selling T-shirts. They're going to say the rest of the world is going to look and say, well, we'll buy it from Canada because it's it's more attractive. Yeah, it's more attractive. Yeah. So
1: now I know we don't have a lot of time, but let's talk about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and other banks as well in the United States. What's your take on that?
0: So Silicon Valley Bank was something that um, it it did come as a surprise. Uh, to me, um, in the States, I mean, there's there's thousands of banks. Let's be honest. It's not like here where we're, you know, the big five or the big six. But this was quite
1: it. a major bank to yeah. go down, which so, was very surprising. Yeah.
0: But if you look in the United States, um, every year there's banks that collapse. Every year. they 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 collapse. With the exception of the last two years, because there was so much stimulus given by the government. So, you know, having one or two banks in the States go under is not uncommon. What's uncommon is the size of this bank. This is one of the largest banks that's fallen since 2008, mm-hmm. which that's surprising. And what's even more worrisome is that there was others that are kind of teetering. And if we look, you know, across the pond and we go overseas and we look at Credit Suisse. So m- my biggest concern was actually Credit Suisse because Credit Suisse was actually just bought by UBS to stop it from collapsing so that to me was actually the bigger shocker but um, it was we could talk a little bit more about that uh, later but for me I think that uh, you know going towards you know w- the government has a job to do to make sure that these banks are protected so when we come back we're going to be looking at the age-old question fixed versus variable <laughs> Yes, it's all going to be Greek music, people. You're listening to The Real Estate Show, and today we're talking about mortgages. It's our mortgage special uh, where we answer all where we answer all your mortgage-related questions. It's all questions. Greek to me. It's all Greek to you. <laughs> 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 you could call into the show, join the conversation. You could call in at 514-790-0800, or you could text into the show at 514-800, or you could go to the Greek Parade, which is happening right now.
1: But uh, after you listen to our show.
0: After you listen to the <laughs> show. Or bring a big loudspeaker and just play the real estate show. And
1: uh, where's the parade to?
0: Zantalon.
1: Zantalon. It's, on,
0: it's happening right now at <laughs> Zantalon.
1: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, so my we, whole
0: life I thought that Jean Talon was actually Zantalon, yeah. because that's how the Greeks say it. Yeah. Or right? Jean
1: Charret was Zansaret.
0: Zansaret. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the age-old question about what's the difference between fixed and variable rate mortgages. And actually, before we get to it, there is a text that I just want to get to really quickly. Are non-registered property owners, example, kids or grandkids, able to support their parents or grandparents with mortgage payments? And if so, are they able to receive credit or recognition as a secondary or tertiary contributor? And that's from Bill. Belak. Belak, sorry. I was about to say Blake. I don't know. Sorry.
1: Um, I think, first of all, this is definitely a question for his accountant. 100%. His or her accountant. Um, There are definitely credits for if you have a dependent and all that. But again, it has to be discussed properly with your accountant. I think we've seen some situations where if the property was supposed to be anyways transferred into the name of the kids or grandkids... Uh, through the inheritance, some cases they choose to do it while they're still alive to save on capital gains and to start paying for that property. You know, while uh, yeah, it's true, and that's their way of helping. So that's another way of looking at it. But definitely, I would recommend you speak to an accountant.
0: Yeah, there is things that you can do, but like I said, an accountant is going to probably be the one that's going to be able to help you out the most on that. And uh, we'll head on over to the phone lines. We've got Mike waiting patiently, uh, who has a question. Hey, Mike. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Question about uh, a mortgage mm-hmm. in today's market, where interest rates are. Yeah, uh, is it better better to go variable, or I heard something called a float down rate mortgage. Have you heard of that? A float down, so basically a, a, a variable that uh, goes down over time. Uh, I'm not sure I, I I know. A float down for us typically is, let's say I was to set up a mortgage for you and uh, you were to take a five-year fixed and by the time you close at notary, the interest rates end up dropping. Uh, you end up We end up floating down the interest rate until that point. But typically when you end up taking a fixed rate mortgage, it's going to remain fixed for the duration of the actual term that you have. If you take a variable, it's going to... Uh, the discount that you're actually receiving on that variable uh, will remain constant, but as time goes by, if the prime rate changes, so if it goes up or if it goes down, it adjusts what you're actually going to be, uh, what you're actually going to be paying on a monthly basis. Now, you could set up something different where your payments on a variable remain fixed. So even though the interest rate goes up or down, what's actually impacted is your amortization. So maybe that's what you're referring to.
1: No, I think uh, the float down rate is exactly what we always do. Yeah. As mortgage brokers, we always do that. Uh, it's basically even if we lock in today at a certain rate, mm-hmm. you've got sort of uh, you've got the float down option, which is if ever rates do drop, we will bring you we will lock it in at the new newer lower rate later on later on exactly yeah. before going to notary of course yeah
0: yeah does uh does that make sense mike perfect thank you guys have a good weekend absolutely you too mike so
1: so i've noticed banks have been marketing this now as uh, uh as if it's something new but as mortgage brokers we've always done the float down yeah so it's that's why it seems like oh i'm gonna get you a float down rate but it's not really a float down rate it's just it's just, it's they're, just the right. do, they're, they're doing, what they're, they're doing supposed exactly. to, what they're supposed to be doing, what exactly. we've been
0: doing for years. Absolutely. So
1: that's why I, I looked it up. I'm like, well, we've been doing that already. Yeah. So they just really use it as a marketing uh, gimmick if yeah. you want.
0: Um, the thing to remember... And this is, you know, and and I'm going to expand a little bit on on what I was saying uh, with Mike, right? So we've we've talked about, you know, fixed rate. You take a five year fixed, whatever the rate is, it's what you pay for the rest of the term. When you take a variable rate, the guarantee. So in both a variable and a fixed rate, you have one guarantee. Either you're going to have a guarantee on the interest rate, or you're going to have a guarantee on the actual discount that you're receiving. So on a variable, you have that guarantee of that discount. So if prime rate is at 6.5% and you have a 1% discount off of that, that means that your actual rate is 5.5%, right? I was I was about to just say five, but 5.5%. <laughs> My math teacher from high school would be very proud of me that I was able to subtract that. Um, <laughs> um, and that's it. If the prime rate drops, your interest rate drops. If the prime rate goes up, your interest rate goes up and a properly set up variable rate mortgage would actually, the payment would change. So that way your amortization doesn't. The problem that happens, and a lot of banks will do this, when they set up a variable, they're going to set you up with fixed payments on it. So when interest rates go up, what ends up happening is they end up stretching out the amortization. So you got to remember that mortgage payment is a factor of a few different items. The amortization, the amortization, the interest rate, the available balance, what the future val- uh, value is going to be, and what the payment is. So if you're not changing one of those elements, so if like the payment is what's supposed to be changing, if you're changing the interest rate, something else has to give. So either it's going to be the amortization that's going to go up or it's going to be the future value of mm-hmm. that property that, uh, of that mortgage that's going to go up. So future value of mortgages, what a mortgage stands for, Macht. It's a mort of an gas. Exactly. Okay. So it's the death of a loan, mm-hmm. right? So it's supposed to be zero. But I have seen cases where that future value will be uh, modified.
1: And that's not good.
0: And that's not good. And yeah. it, the amortization is not good because I have also seen people with 60 year amortizations right now.
1: Because they had a 40 year and it got extended because they kept the same
0: payments. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. So
1: now when the Bank of Canada makes modifications to the rates, that affects the prime rate, which affects variable rates
0: only. And uh, HELOCs, anything that's tied to a variable type of a product.
1: Now, with respect to fixed rates, what affects the fixed rates?
0: So fixed rates are impacted by bonds. So a lot of times people are going to think that when you actually see, uh, you know, the Bank of Canada increasing rates or decreasing them, they think that the fixed rates are going to drop. They don't get affected by that. And we've seen, you know, sometimes there's, you know, some sort of a correlation that happens, but for the most part, it has to do with the bonds. As bonds go up, it becomes more expensive for the banks to borrow. So because it becomes more expensive, now all of a sudden they're going to raise their fixed rates. Bonds go down, now it becomes cheaper for the banks to borrow and they drop it.
1: And uh, we have a question from John. Is it better to go shorter or longer term on your mortgage?
0: Okay, so... Great question. Um, it depends on what the market tells you at that time, right? I never recommend people go longer than five years for the simple reason that the penalties to break that mortgage in that first five-year period are are massive. Uh, because don't forget, in many cases, you're paying a penalty all the way to the end of the term, right? Mm-hmm. So because you're paying that penalty all the way to the end of the term, it tends to become very expensive. The good news is, according to the Interest Act, The minute you surpass five years uh, term, what happens is even if you're you're literally one month after your five years have passed on a 10-year or on a 15-year term, what ends up happening is the maximum penalty that any bank can charge you is three months of interest.
1: That's if you took a term longer than five years. Exactly. Once you've surpassed the five years, it's three months of interest
0: penalty. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Perfect. Um, now, with respect to shorter terms, because I know some people are still waiting to see what the what the rates are going to do. If, is it recommended to take one, two, three-year terms right now?
0: So the one and the twos are fairly expensive right now. The threes and the fives are actually very similar in rates. So you might have, you know, 10 basis points difference between the two. Uh, the fives currently are actually at the best, they have the best uh, option for them uh but the threes are not far so i always tell people look you know if you're not sure go with a three and then we'll revisit it as time goes by mm-hmm. and then we look at it as we get closer and at least you know that you can break it uh without having to pay any type of massive penalty if you end up having interest rates coming down right Makes sense perfect uh you're listening to the real estate show up next we're going to be looking at uh How do we offset higher costs of your mortgage? You're listening to The Real Estate Show, and this week we're talking all about mortgages. Don't forget that you can call in with your questions or comments to 514-790-0800 or text in to 514-800, and please write your name in the text so we can give you proper, proper kudos, Uh, Marav. I, I'm loving the Greek music. Today. I think that uh, I think that that's it. It's you should gonna, have
1: done the you know, whole show in Greek.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's let's talk about rates again. Okay. So you know rates are higher now. Yeah. All right. So we know this, um, and there's there's questions that are actually coming in, and it's literally what do we do with the fact that interest rates are higher? We don't want our payments to go up, right?
1: Yeah. But let's. Let's look at things historically also. Mm -hmm. I find, you know, between me and you, we got a little bit spoiled Mm -hmm. since 2008. Because, you know, we were in the mortgage market, especially you, you were a mortgage broker before 2008. Mm -hmm. So we just all heard you crack your knuckle, by the way. It's all good. It's all good. Um, And rates were not, they were basically five, six, seven percent back in the day. Yeah. Now suddenly, After being, you know, seeing only rates in the twos, threes, Mm -hmm. suddenly we're all very upset about seeing rates in the fours, fives, and sixes. So I think it's important for us to put things in perspective. Historically, what is typically considered a normal or regular?
0: So if we look historically, the rates that we have today are actually lower than the average, believe it or not. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they are. It's, it's The average is uh, sitting somewhere in the sixes, f- high fives, low sixes, and we're actually well below that, right?
1: Yeah, let's not count uh, the 1981, 1982s where rates were at 18, 19% fixed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, 16 to 19% variable.
0: Now I'm going to beat the people that are going to actually text in any second now, saying yes, but house prices were significantly less back then, which is true. Which is
1: true. You were buying a house for forty, fifty, sixty thousand. One hundred percent. If yeah. you look
0: at my parents, the first property that they bought, they paid twenty three thousand dollars for a triplex in the Plateau.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, for a triplex. So yes, obviously, house prices were a lot less, but so were incomes, right? Yeah. Let's not. Let's not kid ourselves here, right? So, yes, house prices have gone up, but so have incomes significantly Mm -hmm. from the 70s and 80s, early 80s. Now, the, um, you know, it didn't last very long. Okay, Uh, interest rates did spike up, but they did come down fairly quickly at that point in time. Um, But like I said, I think that if we look at the average, we're looking at around 6% in terms of an average interest rate over the last, you know, couple of decades uh easily. Okay. The problem is, is that we lose sight or we forget very quickly as humans as what happened even a week ago. Yeah. Right? So we look at things, you know, we don't have to go that far back. Let's go back to when we first got on the air. Interest mm-hmm. rates were in the four and a half percent range. And everyone was like, oh my God, this is crazy. The interest rates are so low. They're never, you know, they're never gonna go lower. Well, lo and behold, they went. They went lower. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've I've talked about this, how I have clients right now, I call them my COVID clients, that have interest rates set five-year fixed at one and a quarter percent. Wow. Right? But that's not reality. Mm -hmm. So these clients, when that mortgage comes up for renewal, there's going to be a shock there. So there's a few things that you can do if you are in that situation where You know, you have a very low interest rate. Your mortgage is coming up for renewal. What do you do?
1: Yeah, what do you do? How do you offset that?
0: So remember what I talked about earlier, right? And I said that the amortization, okay, so that your payment uh, and the interest and all those elements, they work together to determine what your amortization is. So theoretically, stretching the amortization would lower that payment and give you that relief. The other thing that you can do is if you know that your mortgage is coming up in two, three years take advantage of the fact that you have a lower interest rate and increase your payments today. So that way, when the mortgage does come up for renewal in two, three years, what's going to end up happening is the balance of that mortgage is going to be significantly less than what it should have been.
1: And not to mention you'll be used to higher payments. Exactly. So let's say your mortgage payment is supposed to be $1,500. You get used to paying $1,800 every month. Now, not, not only did you lower your capital you've also gotten used to paying $1,800 a month.
0: Exactly, exactly. So there's a lot of things like that that you can do to basically help you kind of get over you know, the increased interest rates, if you will. The other thing that you can do is when the mortgage does come up for renewal, and we do have a lot of people that have mortgages that are up for renewal, and you know, even if we were to look back five years, interest rates were lower, mm-hmm. right? So what ends up happening is, uh, in these cases, one of the things that we look at is, Is this an opportunity for you to refinance, right? Are you carrying any type of toxic debt, right? So refinance, basically, just to to explain to our listeners, is when you're
1: adding to your mortgage, you're basically renegotiating your whole mortgage, redoing it, and usually increasing the mortgage amount.
0: You could increase the mortgage amount. You could increase the amortization. There's a a bunch of things that you can do. But you're
1: changing up your mortgage
0: fully. Exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to remember, and I've I've said this in the past and I've gotten a lot of flack for it, but I'm gonna say it again because it's true. You're not paid in interest. You're paid when you go to the to work with dollars, right? At the end of the month, you have a certain amount of money that is in your pocket, right? So if the interest rates go up, it's gonna ch- and you keep your amortization and you keep your debt load the same and you keep everything the same. What's going to end up happening is you're going to eat away at that cash flow. If you're eating away at that cash flow, ultimately, you're going to have to dip back into toxic debt, whether it's lines of credit, whether it's credit cards, whatever it may be, right? Mm. So what you want to do is you want to restructure yourself in such a way where you get rid of that toxic debt. By getting rid of that toxic debt, you eliminate that payment. You can bulk it into the mortgage, which is going to increase your payment A little bit. You could even play with the amortization, extend it out, which gives you a lower payment. Now you can do something productive with that savings. Take that money, put it into your RSPs, put it into your TFSA, save up. So that way, when you do need money, you don't actually have to go into credit. You can actually go into your own savings, the money that you actually have. Yeah, it
1: makes sense. If you're eliminating the $500 a month credit card payment and the $300 a month, line of credit payment, and this and that, you just saved $1,000 a month by increasing your mortgage amount just a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't change much
0: in your monthly payments. And when you have extra funds, dump it against the mortgage. Yeah. And help pay it off faster. And right? what's the
1: maximum amortization we could go to right now?
0: So, um, believe it or not, we can go to 40 years. There's a couple of banks that allow us to go to 40 years. Uh, they do pepper you on the interest rate for it. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, the typical banks will allow us to go to up to 30 on a refinancing. Which is good, right um, I bought my f- this is a, a text from Gordy. I bought my first house at twenty one percent Wow, and I was able to pay it off in ten years because i kept uh, I kept the payments the same as interest rates went down, so I think the price of the house is the biggest factor, not the interest rates it 's true I agree, yeah, I agree, gordy
1: thank you, gordy, for that text yeah, and uh, the last uh, the last little thing that I wanted to mention is the mortgage rules the yeah. mortgage rules I think is what 's what's hurting us the most. In terms
0: of qualifying.
1: Yeah, because back in the day, even if it was at 18%, they didn't do all these uh, stress tests, this and this. Uh, All these these rules that came into play are affecting people's qualifying amounts. And this is why it's so hard to buy nowadays and to get a mortgage nowadays. I think the interest rate is not as much the issue as it is the mortgage rules. What are we going
0: to do about this? So when you... Well, you know what? If there's an election called... I know what I'm going to do, but anyways, um, I, I think that people don't realize that although, you know, the prevailing rate, like right now, if you were to come to me and say, Cherry, I need to refinance my house, I, uh, you're looking at a five-year fixed of somewhere in the 4.8s, okay? Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what we're able to give people right now, which is really good uh, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. right? Um, but the rate that's actually used to qualify you is not 4.8. It's actually 6.8. Yeah. And if we go with that's called the stress test and that's the stress test Mm -hmm. and that's one specific bank that gives us those rates. If we go with some of the others, the actual refinance rates are five and a quarter or five point twenty four to be more exact. Okay, now all of a sudden that's seven point twenty four that we're using to qualify the average person. The amount that they qualify for because of that is one hundred and twenty thousand dollars less it's because crazy of this stress test. because of the stress test. Yeah. It's crazy when you actually think about it and when you actually analyze it, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, I you agree.
0: Know? When we come back, we're going to be looking at shopping around for your mortgage.
1: Tac tic tac tic
0: Tactic, tactic. Uh, I love this song. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in today's show. Today we're talking all about mortgages and it's always a party in the studio when we're here. So there's some party music for us. (laughs) You know, there's this great text that came in and I just I can't read it. I can't read it out (laughs) because anyways I responded to the texter. uh, basically he was saying that, you know, we need to change the government. You know? Yes.
1: That Uh, that's the kind way of saying what was
0: said. But I will read the second text that that came in from the same texter who actually wrote, aha, right on, because I responded, which I'm not going to say what I responded, because I don't feel like having an email come in tomorrow morning. Okay. (laughs) And uh, he writes, that's why I only listen to you on CJAD. (laughs) Boom. There you go.
1: (laughs) So out of context. (laughs) Okay. All right. What? So, <laughs> let's talk about shopping around for your mortgage. So, it's not just about the rates first of all. I think we're all very
0: focused about on rates, 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 rates. Yeah. So there's this segment of the population, okay, who believes that their bank is, you know, actually looking out for them. And if that was actually true, when you get those renewal documents, from said bank whichever bank you deal with the interest rates that they would be giving you on those renewal documents would actually be the lowest that that bank is able to offer you but it's not the case so your mortgage is up for renewal. Let's. See, here's a scenario. It's up for renewal in a month or two or three or whatever, and you get a package or you get a call from the bank, and there's a wonderful person on the other end and says, "I'm going to offer you. Uh, you know, you're, you know, we're, you're up for renewal. I want to look at you know what we can do for your renewal and blah 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 blah." So they they, mm-hmm. they go through all of this, and then what ends up happening is the rates that they're actually providing you are not the best rates that they can offer they're actually the worst rates that they can offer. And then you say, well, let me think about it. And you hang up the phone or you don't respond to them. And you pick up the phone and you call another bank who is going to offer you something better. And then you go to another bank who is going to offer you something better. And you go to another one who's going to offer And then you go back to that original person to offer me this. And then you get the let me make a call to Toronto. Let me find out. I'll reach out to the head <laughs> office. Let me speak to my manager. Let and me do this. you're I'm, a
1: good client. And you're a good
0: client. Yes. And we love you. And we want to make sure that we keep you so we can match whatever that bank is offering you. But you have to sign this. You have until tomorrow evening to sign it. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose that rate. Yeah. Pressure tactics. Pressure tactics. Yeah. Okay. And people fall for it all the time all the time i don't want to say that the right way to go for your mortgage is through a mortgage broker because not all mortgage brokers are created equal Mm -hmm. okay and even myself i'm going to admit that there is times that i can't be better than some banks okay sometimes the banks will beat our rate it just so happens that right now we have some of the best rates in canada But it's not always the case, Mm -hmm. okay? It has to do with a lot of different factors. And
1: this is for clients who focus on rates only.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, But the reality is that if you go to a mortgage broker, a a good mortgage broker is going to be able to sit with you, and they're going to be able to say, this is what's available out there. This is all the interest rates from all the different banks that we have access to. And then based on this, we can choose this one, we can choose this one, and then a good broker is going to go through the different options. Rates are not necessarily the only thing that you should be focusing on. Prepayment penalties are a big thing. Um, you know, how much you can pay down that mortgage. Are they stripping away that mortgage, removing your rights off of it to get you that lower interest rate? That's another thing. Uh, there's a lot of online um, advertising that goes on where they advertise very low rates. We have access to those rates also, but those mortgages tend to be very restrictive, which means that if you take one of those and in the next five years, you decide that you need to refinance that property or switch mortgages because interest rates have come down, you are not permitted to.
1: Yeah. So basically, um, when we look at a a mortgage, we look at it, let's let's look at what would happen if you were to break this mortgage to make sure you're properly set up. Not just, yes, it's the best right now let's just book that. Let's just set you up with that and not look at the consequences of breaking that.
0: A good broker or a good banker is going to look 10 steps ahead and they're going to provide you with the lowest option that they have available for you. At the time when you're actually making that application, not when you come kicking and screaming. And that's one of the reasons why. And actually, I'll give you a perfect example. I had a client who about a month and a half ago came to me and said, I need uh, I'm buying a property. He was putting 20 percent down and the best rate available to him at the time was actually 524. Right. He closed on Friday. His rate was floated down to 481. Mm hmm. Right? That's cuz you kept an eye on the rate. I kept an eye on it yeah. as the rates came down. He got float down, float down, float down and he's all mm-hmm. the way down to 481 right now. Okay? That's what a good broker does. Not to say that I'm a good broker. Yeah. But that's what they should be doing. Yeah. Right?
1: And and the uh, service of a mortgage broker is free anyway, so why not go to somebody, one-stop shop who has access to all the banks and can actually shop around for you instead of you breaking your head trying to find that
0: uh yeah, a 100% and the other thing is is that don't forget if you're going to go shopping around from you know bank to bank to bank to bank to bank what's going to end up happening is you're going to go to bank A, they're going to run your credit and they're going to say we can offer you this. You're going to go to bank B, they're going to run your credit, oh, they're going to say we can offer you this. You're going to go to bank C, they're going to do the same thing, bank D, bank E, bank F and I don't know who has the time to go from bank to bank to bank By to bank. By the fifth
1: bank you've got uh, you've, you've been hit. five five credit checks. Five
0: credit checks exactly. Wow. So instead You go to a mortgage broker. Mortgage broker builds up your file, pulls out your credit bureau once, looks at it and says, hey, you know what? We can offer you this option, this option, this option. We have this bank, this bank, this bank. So you have all the different banks right in front of you, Mm -hmm. right, that are available. And then at that point, you can make a decision and say, you know what? Send my my file to them. And that bank doesn't check your credit again. Mm -hmm. So theoretically, when you go to a broker, The broker can actually send your file to three, four different banks and the three, four different banks won't check the the credit. Now, I will put a little asterisk on it because it does happen that sometimes we pull an Equifax report and sometimes the bank wants to see a transunion also. So they might pull a transunion Mm -hmm. after we've pulled the Equifax,
1: but it's one. And not to mention there's also banks that the general public doesn't know they have access to through a broker, like alternative lenders, certain yep. virtual lenders, et cetera, that you wouldn't it's not a bank that you would walk into, basically.
0: Well there's a lot of them. There's if you look at it, there's First National, there's MCAP, there's um Lendwise, uh, Lendwise yeah. there's Merrick's, there's besides the big banks, there's probably another dozen smaller lenders who basically are able to provide you uh, a, a loan or a mortgage at a competitive rate, good conditions and everything, and life is grand. Life yeah. is beautiful, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So definitely do your homework, shop around, whether it's through a broker or, or through your bank's make sure to ask all the right questions and find out how much it costs for that divorce yeah. of, <laughs> from that bank once you want to refinance or break that mortgage or sell your home because that divorce could be costly. That could be expensive penalties if you don't do your homework.
0: Absolutely. Marav, we're out of real estate. If people want to get a hold of us?
1: You could reach us at the office at 514-680-4674 online at www.nordest.ca or cbcalliance.ca.
0: Guys, till next week, have a blessed week. Love you all.